hello and welcome back to the Genius Podcast Season 2 for 2021. It is great to be back with you. We had quite a significant break. As most of you know, I had uh, two children in hospital actually towards the end of the year, one week apart. And then in Australia here, we have quite an extended Christmas break from kind of December right through until the end of January. Most people go away to the beach. It's our summer holidays and it's just fabulous. So I hope everyone had a good break and it is great to be back with you for season two. We've got some really exciting interviews lined up over the next few months with some incredible women from here and overseas, just sharing on some really great topics. And we're going to move into this season of, I guess, a focus on transformation and personal transformation in Christ. I love that quote. It's on our website by Catherine of Siena, who said, be who God created you to be and you will set the world on fire. But I think so often for women, we don't have a good sense of who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. And that's very much the heart of the Genius Project is to help and support women to connect with, I guess, the dreams, the desires in their heart, but also their unique genius, like what it is their feminine genius is, and then how they can offer that as a gift to the world and the people they do life with. Because when women really understand who they are, honestly, it can completely transform the world around them. I know in my own life last year was not my finest year, and I know that that had an impact with my kids and my husband. And just this year, just making some very small changes has totally transformed me and my presence in the home. And then it was really interesting to have my kids comment on that over the last few weeks. So I want to share a little bit about that with you. But I truly believe that as women, when we have, when we get our posture right, when we have our posture right towards the Lord, when he is filling our cup, then we give to others out of the abundance of that place. And I don't know about you, but I know that sometimes in life when I am just giving and giving and giving, I can hit a place of resentment where I'm like, I'm just sick of this. I need some time for me. And so I think that's really what the Lord is doing in me this year is really letting me fill my cup, not from a place of being selfish, but this is crucial because if I'm going to give, if I'm going to be the wife that I want to be, that I need to be, the mother I want to need to be, and then the friend, businesswoman, ministry leader that I can and want to be, then I really have to sow into myself and allow the Lord to sow into me. And as Catherine of Siena said, when we do this, when we know who we are in the Lord, when our posture is towards him, when he is filling us, then we truly can set the world ablaze. I mean, many of you know that my heart, and it has been over the past 20 years, is very much geared towards supporting women and seeing them flourish in life. And that is my heart for you this year. I want to say, I don't know what your 2020 looked like, but my 2020 was so far removed from a flourishing place. It was not funny. And I thought in this first podcast episode for the year, I'd love to share a little bit about what I went through. And more importantly than what I went through is actually the lessons that I learned. And sometimes we learn those lessons in hindsight. So Over the Christmas break, I had an extended period and it was just such a blessing to really reflect on 
and to really, I guess, absorb some of those lessons into my spirit so I can carry them into 2021 with purpose, joy, and a real spirit of rest. So I don't know about you, where I I think that we often in life have these cycles. I mean, life is full of seasons, correct? Like we have the seasons of nature, we have seasons in our emotional life, in our marriages, work life. Life is cyclical, so it's always going to have ups and downs. So I don't know why it surprises me so much when after summer and spring and autumn, we hit winter. I don't know why it surprises us. I mean, even in scripture, Jesus tells us that the storms of life will come. That's going to happen. It's inevitable. But it's how you navigate those storms. And so last year, I think we just, I had a whole year of winter. And I'm going to share a little bit about that with you. But it still catches me off guard, even, you know, having been a Christian for many years and and understanding the theory behind this, it always surprises me when I hit a difficult season in life. And for us, it was just one thing back to back. And I think when things come back to back in our lives, they do wear us out. And I know that by the end of last year, I was absolutely shattered because it had just been a full 12 months of one thing after another. I think in 2019, it began, we went to the United States. My husband does a lot of speaking in America, works with Catholic teachers there. And we went for September, October with our three children. It was fantastic. I did some speaking too, but it was a really big trip. And we got home and eight days after we arrived home, my wonderful husband was landscaping our back garden with my dad. And he had what we call a dingo, which is like a mini excavator bobcat. We live on a very steep block, so there's a very steep driveway. And Jonathan basically was on this dingo and it flipped forward at the top of the driveway and threw him to the bottom uh, into a whole lot of concrete. So basically humans and concrete don't mix very well. And he caught the concrete step into his head, so he split his head open quite badly, did his knees, but worse than that, he shattered both of his wrists. And they weren't just shattered, they were completely obliterated on both sides. So the bones came through the skin. There was like absolutely no form to his arm between his wrist and about 10 centimetres up his arm on both sides. So he went into hospital and obviously had to have surgery and couldn't do anything for himself for about three months. So that's kind of where it began for me, that physical exhaustion began because I had to do everything. Uh, apart from toileting him. <laughs> it's interesting. All the women that I told during that time were like, oh, you poor thing, that's a lot to carry. And all the men wanted to know was, could he go to the toilet on his own? And yes, he could. So that was good. <laughs> but it was a really huge few months. So we have three kids, we run our own company, and it was the busiest season of our business coming into the end of 2019. So I was already really physically tired coming into 2020. Then we had the bushfires, which came quite close to our house. Um, Goodness me. And then we were going to run our Sisterhood National Catholic Women's Conference. Four days before we were about to do that, COVID happened and, and Australia went into lockdown for three months. So there was all of the effort 
planning the conference, then it was cancelled. And then we had to homeschool our kids. Now, this is where my challenges began. Homeschooling my three kids, my goodness. I said to my husband, I trained as a nurse, you trained as a teacher. I am not trained to do this. But anyway, we all know that mothers are educators of their children. So I had to um, muscle up and do that. But oh my goodness, that completely wore me out. Trying to run our business and do that was really tough. And we were due to be in Baltimore speaking. Jonathan was giving keynotes at a major convention in the United States. And so that was a huge disappointment. And basically, all of his speaking internationally and domestically has been cancelled since. So our business took a bit of a pounding in that regard. And so that was hard, just working out how to pivot, what to do next. So it was a really interesting year. Then on a personal level, I think I had a miscarriage. Um, We had a couple of kids had to go to hospital for some things. And then there was just the relational side of things. Someone very, very close to me went through an absolutely devastating season. And so that was very hard. Um, There was somebody who had come to our home we had to set some boundaries with and, and there was a falling out there. So that was very that was sad. So when I look back on the year, there was a lot of grief and loss and a lot of challenge and a lot of things that were completely outside of my control and outside of my doing, but that I had to respond to. And I have to say, I'm not sure I did a brilliant job at it. I think I survived last year. Um, on top of all of that, my family, who I'm very close to, all moved to Queensland, which is about an 18, 19 hour drive from where we live. And so gradually over five years, my my couple of brothers left and two years ago, my sister. And then my parents wore black and blue, they'd never move. And about a month after my sister moved, they told us they were putting their house on the market and also going. And if COVID hadn't have happened, I don't think I would have fell into so much grief over my family leaving. But obviously not being able to see them for an entire year just made that grief and loss so much more profound. So it was a really interesting year. It was really crap, actually, truth be told. And I think when we go through difficult seasons, we really learn who our true friends are. And my goodness, I am so blessed. My my friends just showed up, my women in my sisterhood group and team, and just a couple of other women, my one of my bridesmaids and my sister just showed up in a really incredible way and, and new connections, new friendships that people I reconnected with, which is such a blessing and helped to carry me through that time. But I want to tell you, I got towards the end of the year and I remember sitting at my computer one day and I think I'd been sitting at my computer for about two hours and I'd done nothing. I was just sitting there staring at the screen and my husband just looked at me and said, you need to go upstairs and rest. I was like, I can't, there's too much to do. I've just da 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 I've got so much to get done. But the truth was I wasn't even being productive in it because I was so exhausted. And so he made me go upstairs. He said, you can do two hours a day. And just to get done what you need to do and then go upstairs and rest. And I did. And then we came into the end of the year and and we got up to Queensland to be with my family for Christmas after a whole year. We got over the border just before it shut. And we had probably the best time that I've ever had with my family. And it was so restorative. And it was so wonderful just to get 
that time away. And time away often gives us perspective. And so what I'd love to do in this podcast episode as we begin the new year is share with you some of the lessons that I learned last year and some of the things that the Lord has been putting on my heart and doing in my heart. Because I often think, well, Jonathan has many great sayings, my husband. He said, we can learn one of two ways. We can learn by a piece of two by four or a gentle word. And what he meant by this was we can learn by being whacked over the head time and time again by a piece of timber, by the same lesson and not learning. Or we can learn by a gentle word from people who have been through stuff and gone ahead of us. And I know when I was in Queensland, just chatting to my sister and my sister-in-law, just getting a whole different perspective. And a couple of things they said just set in motion for me uh, some changes and, and setting up some rhythms of renewal, which have truly restored my spirit. And just coming into this year from that place, that place of abundance rather than lack, is so fantastic. And so I just want to share some of that with you and hope that some of that is helpful. So in our sisterhood group each year, we have asked the Lord to give us a word for the year. Now, last year, ironically, the word that I felt God gave me was pursue peace. And if you've listened to the Searching for and Maintaining Inner Peace podcast that we did uh, in June last year, you'll hear this story. But I tell you what, you be really careful when you ask the Lord for a word, because he might give it to you um, more often than not. He gives it to you because he wants to teach you a lesson. And quite often those lessons are really painful. So I said, I want a benign, neutral word this year. So I was like, give me a word like pizza or something really random and neutral. But anyway, I did learn a lot of lessons about pursuing peace. And that came at the end of the year, actually. So he's an 11th hour God often. He he comes through at the last minute. But this year as I was praying, I, I asked the Lord for a word for 2021. And instantly this word rest dropped into my spirit. Initially I was like, oh, Karen, that's such a cop out after last year. Are you sure you didn't make that up? But in the weeks after I felt the Lord give me that word, that word rest just came up in everything. Everything I read things that I heard on Instagram, scripture that I was reading. It was incredible. And I took that as confirmation that this was the Lord's word for me this year, this word of rest. And also developing these rhythms of renewal in our life. And it's not just a physical rest, actually. It's more a soulful rest where our emotions and our spirit and our soul can rest in the Lord so that we can give to others out of that abundant place. So I thought it would be really interesting to look up the word rest, and the, the dictionary defines the word rest as abstaining from or being relieved from exertion. It's a period of inactivity where we are motionless, where we cease any motion, and rest is a time to be recharged. And I just, I love that. So it's not being entirely inactive. It's not a license to sit on the couch and binge Netflix. It's not that. I think what I've learned and what the Lord's teaching me is this this word rest, what he wants to do in my soul, and I believe in so many of our souls, especially as women. It's not so much just being physically rested, 
although that is entirely important and I will explain what I mean when I say I think that's a foundation for rest. But it's really this soulful rest that I'm talking about where we abstain and where we're relieved from this exertion, like this sulfur exertion, this need to constantly hustle, this need to constantly prove and strive in the world today. I think so much of our lives, especially as women, is caught up in the hustle, in striving. I mean, life is just objectively busy, right? Especially if you throw in a career, a motherhood, a ministry, life is full on. I have three kids under 13 now and we're just hitting the cusp of adolescence and I'm realizing that they need me more now than they did when I had three babies under three. (laughs) It was like, I thought that was hard. This is a different season, but I've got to be rested for this season. But it's busy, right? It's busy. I run my own business with my husband. Life is busy. But this year the Lord is really leading me to what I need, what I need to be sustained in this season of busyness. And what I need is rest. So yes, it's busy, but I need to engage in those activities from a spirit and a place of rest, not hustle. It was interesting in the days after that that word dropped into my spirit and I was questioning whether I made it up just so I could have a year off. (laughs) The Lord gave me the scripture from Isaiah 30 verse 15. And I want to share it with you because it's really impacted me and I think it'll be my scripture this year. The Lord says in Isaiah, in repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength. And I just, it really hit me because as I read it, I was like, oh my goodness, salvation means saving. So my saving, my saving as a person, as a woman, lies in my repentance, in turning back to the Lord, but also in rest. So my saving comes from repentance and rest, and my strength will be in quietness and in trust. These words were just so powerful for me. Contrast to last year, you know, where there was fear, now there's peace. Where there was anxiety, there's trust. Where there was franticness, now life is more grounded. And this all comes from a spirit of rest. But I don't know about you, but so much of the time when I'm juggling a lot, my pillars, my disciplines go are the first things to go. The other thing to go is I start to move into a place where I'm trying to carry everything, and it sounds so cliche, but I'm trying to carry it in my own strength and not the Lord's. And what I read in Isaiah here is telling me that my strength, my capacity, my whole ability to carry what I have to carry in life, what is my mandate and my mission, and just what I do each day, that strength, that capacity comes from rest comes from repentance. That is where I will be saved. And so this is the thing that I really wanted to share and I guess form the foundation for launching into the Genius Project this year and encouraging all of you along that journey as well. Because as women, I think our whole lives are really centered around giving. Like we give and we give and we give and everybody wants a piece of us. 
I don't know, my kids and my husband and my friends and work and ministry and whatever else, you get to a place where you're a bit empty, right? Where you're kind of giving out of this place of nothing. And that's where resentment creeps in. And that's where anger, bitterness, selfishness, and then, you know, you start to get snappy and you start hustling in your own capacity. But I just want to remind you that it is in rest that our saving is and our strength, our capacity to do these things comes from quietly trusting, leaning on the Lord. I think as women, we carry this posture of giving, like we are constantly giving to people and it's the way it's meant to be, but it also has an unredeemed side. So when you've got everybody who wants a piece of you and you're not rested, you're not carrying this posture of grace within you, then it can cause you to feel really resentful and resentment turns into anger and frustration and selfishness and sin and pride. And I think this happens when we start to operate in our own capacity rather than operating in the spirit of the Lord. And I think so it's so important that we don't get to that place. And we, we really have to fight and be really intentional about not falling into that trap of constantly pouring out and giving to everybody. It's like I often think of a cup. Um, my kids have a cup upstairs and it's got a hole in it and they couldn't work out why the level of the water was going down all the time until we realized it was like coming out through the hole. And I think as women, our soul is very much like that. It's like a cup that has all these holes in it and people poke holes in and, you know, all the demands on us are like another hole in our cup. And unless we have some boundaries, unless we have some priorities and some disciplines and some rhythms of renewal in our life, that cup is just going to bleed dry in seconds. And so this is a focus that we are going to move forward with in these next few podcast episodes. And I've got some awesome women who are going to come on and share with us how we can do this, how we can develop disciplines of renewal in our life, rhythms of renewal, so that Our cup isn't constantly empty and we're not feeling constantly frustrated and angry and and resentful because I think that's really important. That's the unredeemed side of our generous nature as women. You know, God's given us this feminine genius, this thing that makes us unique and that one of those hallmarks is our generosity. But the unredeemed side of this generous nature, and we have to keep in mind that with our feminine genius, with the gifts that God has given us, they are our strength. But there's also the flip side of them. And if they're not constantly renewed by the grace of Christ, then we do run the risk of moving into that gift then becoming unredeemed. And so that's that's really important. So the unredeemed side of this generous nature of femininity is that we firstly neglect ourselves. And so I would say that in order to be generous to others, we first have to be generous to ourselves. And this is something as women we're not very good at. I know it's an area of my life that I definitely growing in is this self-care and not feeling guilty, not feeling like you don't deserve to be loved and to be nurtured, to be restored, to be nourished, because you do, because you can't give out of an empty place. You cannot give what you do not first possess. 
And when you're constantly giving and there are demands on you and you're giving from a place where you actually don't possess anything to give, that's where sin comes into the picture because then you start to behave in ways that are resentful or selfish or proud or, you know, you get snappy and irritable and you fly off the handle at something. And I think so often we act out of those places and we act in ways that are irritated and everything because in some ways we're feeling trapped. We're feeling like we're just on this treadmill, running, 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 giving, 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 but there's there's no end in sight for us. And I think that feeling of feeling trapped, like you can't change things, makes you feel really disempowered and it causes you to lose hope. It causes you to lose hope that things could turn around that things could get better. So whether or not that's in a work situation or whether that's in a marriage or a family or financially, whatever it is, the pattern is the same. And so I think I truly believe that our call as women, and and one thing that I want to really encourage all of you at the start of this year is to develop rhythms of renewal so that you can rest so that you can allow Christ to pour into your soul so that you have an abundance to give others because that is what you're made for. That is what you're called for. And I know that's what you want to do and what you want to bring to others. So I don't know, I want you to think about areas in your life at the moment where you're feeling trapped, where you feel like you're just stuck on this treadmill and you can't get off. I don't know, when we were in Queensland, I had an epiphany moment uh, with my sister-in-law, actually, and my sister. Praise God for them. They're awesome women. But I remember watching my sister-in-law, and she gets up really early because the sun rises at some ungodly hour (laughs) up there. It's like brilliant sunshine by 4.30 a.m. I'm like, goodness me. But anyway, she would get up, and she would run in the morning. She'd leave kids at home, and she'd go for an hour run. And I don't know why I thought I couldn't do that. Perhaps it's because my husband, you know, he's an elite cyclist. So for as long as I can remember, he gets up early and he rides early in the morning. And so I've always been home with our kids. And we had three kids under three years of age. So that was just a pattern. But now my kids are 13, 11 and 9. And it hadn't actually occurred to me that I could leave them in the morning while Jonathan was cycling. And I could also go for a jog. So it was my sister-in-law's inspiration that totally just firstly the impact of running on her and just how good she was feeling and secondly that you could actually set up some different patterns in your life. And I came back from Queensland. I said to my kids, right, this is what I'm doing. I'm going for a run in the morning and and I did. I just started doing it. It was awesome. And just that change alone made me feel so much better in my body felt strong. My mind felt strong. I'd listened to good podcasts. I just had some time to myself at the start of the day. And it was awesome for three weeks. And then that all came to an abrupt end because I was dancing with my daughters, being a goose on Australia Day and teasing my eldest daughter because she wouldn't dance with me. And she was laughing. And I jumped up on a chair and I tore my calf muscle. So For the past three weeks, I've been on crutches and I have a grade three tear in my calf from dancing. But I was determined not to let that impact me. So 
every morning I've still been getting up early and instead of going for a run, I'm going for a swim and before the kids get up. And then if they do get up, they know that this is mum's time. And then I have my time for prayer as well just before that. And those changes have been incredible and, uh, yeah, made all the difference in my life. So I wonder what are the areas that you're feeling trapped in and then what can you do? What can you do differently? Because I found just having that perspective from my sister-in-law really helped me see this problem of being trapped in the mornings and not getting any time for myself. It helped me see it from a different perspective and then come up with a different solution. Uh, my husband has so many great sayings. And one of the ones that I love is he says that the same level of thinking that created a problem can't be the same level of thinking that solves it. And so sometimes we need other people's input. We need coaches or we need friends or mentors who can help us see our problem, our challenge from a different perspective and come up with a creative solution. So anyway, that made a huge difference for me. So how do we rest? How can you experience the abundance that God wants to give you? I'm interested in this because I don't think it's just something, a word that he wanted to give me this year. I think that it's something he wants to do in the hearts of so many women. Okay, so so how do you think God wants to speak into your life this year in this area? Because he doesn't want us as women living in a constant state of exhaustion and depletion. It's not his will for us. So it wasn't his will for me last year. But I think there was just one thing and one loss, one that process of grief upon another, too many big things going on that I really, I felt like, you know those boys, not the male boys, but the boys that sit out in the ocean to mark the shark nets and they bounce around in the water. Well, I felt like last year I was like one of those boys in the water, but it wasn't calm. There was just constant storm and I was constantly being thrown in all different directions. And I I think I fell into this trap of feeling like I was a victim to my circumstance rather than taking some control. And over Christmas, I had a lovely conversation with the beautiful Laura K. Rowland from America. She came out and spoke at our sisterhood conference. And I had this, she's a beautiful woman. And I had this great conversation with her say, where she said, she was talking about COVID. And she was like, but there's actually still a lot we can control. And in my mind, I was like, no, you don't understand my circumstances. Everything's outside my control. But you know what? It was the best advice because I'm like, there's so much still in my control. There's so much that I can do and there's so much that you can do too. So how do we experience this rest so that we're not constantly hustling? And I think the answer lies in building in these rhythms of renewal. And Jesus did this too. I mean, he drew aside to a quiet place to pray. He had the disciplines of renewal in his life so that he could be sustained in his mission and his purpose. And we need to do the same. So I want to share five brief lessons that I've learned and some of the things that I've done to help me, I guess, put these lessons into practice. Because suffering is not wasted 
if we learn from it. I remember years ago, I read a book called This Is How We Grow, and it was written by this woman who was a psychologist, and she was pregnant with her third child. She was pregnant with her fourth child when I think her sister's husband died. He died of cancer. And then shortly after, her sister took her life, and she left two boys. And so this psychologist had her own three children, was pregnant with her fourth, took on her sister's two children. So she went from a family of three to a family of six instantly with all the grief and loss associated with losing her sister and her brother-in-law. And the core premise of her book was to ask the right questions. Instead of saying, and she would have been justified, like I was last year, like, why is this happening to me? Instead of saying, why is this happening? Asking how questions, because a why question is like, there's not really any answers for it. But if we ask the how question, it leaves the option for possibility. And she said, we need to ask the question, how can I grow through this? What are the lessons that the Lord is trying to teach me and how can I put them into practice? And so these, I guess, are my five little lessons that I've learned through a really tough year last year. And just putting those lessons into practice has totally transformed things for me. And so I just want to share those with you. So there's five. So number one is never let go of your pillars. For me, my pillars are things like prayer, eating well, sleeping, and exercise. They're the four pillars that sustain me in life. And last year, I think I let go of most of them. I remember going on a a retreat with a spiritual director many years ago at the Carmelites, and he said to me at the start of the retreat, you will not hear from God unless you've eaten well, you've slept well, and you've gone for a walk. And so he said those pillars of Food, nutrition, sleep, and moving your body are so important because they place you in a position that is more open to hear from God. And so that is what I did at the start of this year. I started going to bed earlier. I started having a really strict discipline on bedtime. And honestly, sleep, wow, amazing. (laughs) I can't believe what a difference that one alone makes. So never let go of your pillars. Last year when we were, 2019, when we were in the United States, we were very good friends with the Dominican sisters at St. Cecilia in Nashville. And we had dinner with them a few times and we were at the mother house quite a bit. And I just observed their rhythms, their daily rhythms of prayer, rest, of work, of education. And just how those disciplines structured their day in a really beautiful way. And so I think I've tried to put into some place some of those rhythms in my own life. So just having some routines and building routines has been really helpful. So number one, never let go of your pillars. Number two, let go. Let go and take a break. Last year, I got into the hustle. Well, I can't have a break. I can't have a break because there's so much that needs to be done. Oh, my goodness. I want to tell you something. That in the first week of being back at work this year, I have been more productive in that week than I think I was in four months last year. So having a break, 
letting go and just getting some time away from whatever it is, even if it's just, you know, in the home, like taking a break, having some time out, going for a coffee with some girlfriends is really important. So number three, finding the joy. And I think one thing I learned last year is that our minds have a negative bias. Like our minds have a bent to look for the negative where we're clued in to look for what's not going well. So it's actually a discipline to look for what is going well and where the blessing is and where the abundance is and where God wants to work. It's kind of like going to the gym and building up a muscle. And I think we need to build up our joy muscle where we are looking for and searching for the areas that bring joy. So that's number three. Number four, the lesson I learned was simplify life. I was catching up with my sister on the beach one day in Queensland over the break and she was just saying to me, you know, talking about this decluttering and simplification of life and just how much that's helped her. And she goes, why don't you go home and just do one room a week? And so I did. I came home and I did my wardrobe. I've got like half an empty wardrobe now. It's awesome. I've simplified the kitchen. I've simplified all the kids' bedrooms and the laundry and then our workspace. And it feels so good. And it's made a huge difference. The pantry, that makes me feel really happy. It's really organized and really beautiful. And then number five, fifth lesson, was establish some rhythms for life. I've developed a very strict and strict evening and morning routine. And this has helped me. I get up, I make my bed, I have my shower, and then I sit outside and I have an hour time for prayer before the kids wake up. And it's been really beautiful. And of an evening, once they're in bed, I have a chair where I just sit, I read scripture, I pray my rosary, and then I go to bed. And these routines and rhythms have been really good. I've also developed rhythms for, I guess, married life and rhythms for parenting and some routines and things that I've put into place, which have really made a huge difference. So there's some of the lessons that I've learned. So let it never let go of your pillars. Let go, take a break. It's okay to take a break. Finding the joy, developing the muscle that practices gratitude rather than falling into the trap of seeing what's not going well simplifying life, and then finally establishing some rhythms for life. So there you go. So in the coming weeks, I have invited some really beautiful women to come and share with you how they have, I guess, experienced transformation in their life and how they are living their lives as women filled with the spirit of the gospel. So I'd love to close this episode in prayer and I invite you just to ask the Lord into those places of your life where you feel trapped or you feel that you're on the treadmill or the hustle and you can't get off. Because you know what? He wants you to rest in him so that out of that abundant place, you can give to others. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks that you are with us that you are guiding us and that you are teaching us along this journey of life. Lord, I pray for each and every woman who is listening today, that Holy Spirit, you would rest upon them right now. Ignite within them 
a desire and a passion to draw closer to you because you are the source and the fountain of our life and our strength and our capacity. And I pray for every woman, whatever situation or crisis or difficulty she is facing, whatever she is carrying right now, Lord, that Holy Spirit, you would come in the name of Jesus and just give her your capacity, your supernatural Holy Spirit that will carry her. Lead her to places of rest. Lead her to develop rhythms of renewal and discipline in her life so that she can give from that abundant place. We thank you, Lord, for these women, for their genius and for all that they bring to the world. I ask you to strengthen them in their vocation and their capacity And I ask that you would go with them this coming week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Well, ladies, that's it. It's a longer episode this week. I can't wait to introduce you to some of the beautiful women that I have had the privilege of interviewing over the next few weeks. I also want to let you know about the Awaken the Dream Within Catholic Women's Conference. This is coming up on the 5th and the 6th of March, and you do not want to miss it. We've got some brilliant guest speakers coming to talk to us about all things that women need to know about. So jump on the Genius Project website, www.geniusproject.co, and go to the events page and grab your ticket to register because it's going to be an incredible conference. It's not just a Zoom conference. You get to really interact and fellowship with all these beautiful women. So have a beautiful week. God bless you. Don't forget to register for the conference and we will see you next week. God bless.